by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And all your strength. And I emphasize mind. Why? Because that's what we've been talking about. Last week, what were we talking about? Your mindset. You remember how we get our mindset? What we set our minds. Sometimes our minds get set on things that they oughtn't. And we set the bar so low for our life. We never, you know, where you set the bar is in your mind. You'll never rise above what you see for yourself, if you remember anything about last week's service. But we begin to talk about the beautiful what-ifs. What if you took the limits off of God? What if you said, God, all things are possible to him who believe, and I believe that, and I receive that. And we talked about having a blue sky epiphany. You know, it's like, okay, I'm the only thing limiting me. My situation doesn't have to stay the way it is. God can walk me out of this. God can walk me into the promised land. He'll part the Jordan. He'll part the Red Sea. Whatever stands in front of me will have to part and make way because I'm going through. Don't make me start preaching. Because I start to preaching when I start thinking about how good God is. And what he is able to do in not only my life, but in yours. But you have to receive it for yourself. I can pray all day good things for your life. But if you set the bar too low and this is the way it's always going to be, and my family used to be like this, my daddy, my granddaddy, and there's nothing ever going to change. I'm just a worrier. I'm just poor. I'm just broke. If that's the way your mentality is, that's where you're going to stay. God himself cannot get you to where... He wants to get you with the mindset. The beautiful what ifs. What if all things could change? <clears throat> Anybody remember when you was a kid, you read that story about the little engine that could? <laughs> I don't know why the Lord brought that to my mind. And I st- so I read the story. Went on the internet and read it and it's a little children's book, and it talks about this little, this little train that was full of toys and full of food and goodies that they were going to bring to the top of this mountain, and at the top of this mountain was this little village that needed these things, and so along the journey, the engine ran out of coal and couldn't go any further, and I began to think to myself, That sounds like, sort of like life. We all have this train that we're trying to get to to the mountaintop. We're all trying to get somewhere with all the goodies. We have so great a cloud of witnesses up in heaven, and they're cheering us on, and they're waiting on us to bring the fruit of the earth to the mountaintop. 
I don't know why I just began to see it like that. Maybe the Lord was showing me something. Well, when their train broke down, the, the engine stopped working. And how many of you knows we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us? But it's appointed man wants to die, and I guess that little engine died. But it was up to us to figure out how to get, still get the load up to heaven. So there was this shiny new train come down the track, and they waved him down and said, Hey, we've got to get these goodies up the mountain. Can you help us? And he's like, man, I'm way too important for that. I only, I only haul people, and I haul professional people and all that. He, was just, he just thought that, you know, this little thing that God wanted to do was beneath him. And then there was this big, strong engine comes by. And surely he could pull the weight up, up the mountain. But he's like, I only pull important things. And the things of this little train didn't interest him. You got people like that, right? They're too prideful to, to say that they need Jesus. They're too, they, they think their strength in this earth is reserved for their purposes. They don't want to spend anything on the kingdom of God. And then finally, there was this old train that come, come barely tugging by. And they said, well, maybe he can still pull us up. And they thought maybe he could. He said, yeah, I could. But you know, I've done my time. Now, this is the Sheffield paraphrase, of course. <laughs> you have to read the story for yourself. But he's like, I've done my time. You know, I, I pulled some loads up the mountain before. I, I'm retired. And so he just went on by. Well, who's going to pull the load? If the young won't pull it, the strong won't pull it, and the, the older with the experience won't pull, pull the load, who's going to pull the load? Well, there's this little blue engine comes by. I didn't know it, but I always thought it was a, it was a male train, but it says it was a she. <laughs> this little blue train, she was a she. And she came by and they says, do you think you could pull us up the mountain? You know, it's just like God to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. The things that nobody else thinks could do it. Sort of like me. <laughs> Maybe I ain't alone in here thinking that I don't know if I can get the load up the mountaintop. You know, I mean, God, don't you have somebody more qualified? I tell you, there's a lot of people more qualified than us, but they won't put their hand to the plow. I learned that right off as pastor. There were people who had more Bible knowledge than me, been in church longer, had more skills, leadership, ability, and they would not set their hand to the plow. I began to have to pull people off the street. I've known churches that had to use unsaved people to get the church running. But anyway, this little blue... She said, I think I can. I think I could do it. And so she hooked up to the load. And she began to pull and tug and chug. And it was hard going. You know, at first it's always hard going to get the wheels rolling, to get the ball started. But she kept on. She was diligent. She began to chug. And as she began to get a little strength going, they hit that mountain, and she was going up. She said, I think I can. I think I can. It looked hard. It didn't seem possible. But it was happening. And she was going up that mountain. I think I can. I think I can. Because she had a mindset. 
that she could. But you know what happened? About halfway up, there was this little plateau. And so she stopped for a break. And she looked over there, and there's a Waffle House. She decided to go over there and eat. And she went over to the Waffle House, and they offered her a job. And she said, okay. Because they were paying $15 an hour at this Waffle House. So, of course, that's more important than to load up the mountain, right? And so she got a job, and a couple days later, she made friends with the people at the job, and they went out back during their break, and they began to smoke some wacky weed together. And I tell you, she forgot all about the load going up the mountain. You know the wacky weed. The thing that throws a, a wet blanket on all your dreams and hopes and makes you a professional couch potato. You know what I'm talking about. So she began to smoke the wacky weed. And she spent the rest of her life working at Waffle House. That's a terrible story. And I don't know why I read that. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> she kept her focus. When times were tough, when there was an opportunity to, to step back for a season, you know, no, she was like Mary Ellen. She just kept coming. She just kept coming. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Until she delivered that load to the mountaintop, and the people on the mountain rejoiced. Amen. That's the way life is done. It's the way winning is, happens, isn't it? Do you think you can? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're capable of what you think you can do if you trust in the Lord. So we talked about what ifs. All these what if wonderful opportunities, wonderful possibilities. But what if we get distracted? What if Waffle House calls? What if it seems easier just to stop, take a break, and then you lose sight, lose focus? There's a lot of what ifs, isn't it? Not all of them are good. So I, I was just sitting around, and I started thinking about things. I started thinking about scenarios I've seen play out in people's lives. And I was just going to throw a, a lot of them out there because these are some what ifs, some terrible what ifs, what if. I listen to the wrong voice. I don't listen to the voice of God who says I can. I listen to the voice of the enemy who says I can't. These are some what ifs. Are you ready? What if we begin to let other people's hurtful words define who we are? Well, you're too skinny. Your nose is crooked. You can't sing. Wait a minute. Those are all things they said to me. And then when I gained weight, they said, you're too fat. <laughs> right? People are going to say stuff. What does that matter? Where is your identity found? It's in Christ. I am what I am by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, God came to Moses in the burning bush. And Moses came and he took off his shoes because he was standing on holy ground. And God began to put a vision in Moses. He said, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. You're going to deliver my people out of slavery. Moses, you're going to the mountaintop. Isn't that where God took Moses? You're going to the mountaintop. I got a job. I got, a, I got purpose for your life. How many of you know you got just as much purpose as Moses did? But you know what Moses' first reaction was? Who am I? Who am I? I mean, there's a shiny little train over here. There's a strong train over here. There's an experienced train that knows how to, has done it before. Who am I? And he began to look at himself. He looked inward. He didn't think he could do it. And God said, I'll be with you, Moses. And he says, but what do I do? I don't know how to do it. God says, I'll, I'll be with you, Moses. He says, but <clears throat> Pharaoh's not going to listen to me. But, but I'll make him listen, Moses. He said, but, 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 but I stutter. I, I don't even speak well. Who gave you a voice, Moses? I'll send Aaron with you. He just kept making excuse after excuse. How many has got a list of excuses in your back pocket right now while you're not doing, going up the mountain? <clears throat> Finally, God, it's almost like he, he came out of the burning bush and shook Moses. I said, I will be with you. What more do you need to know than God is with you? If God be for us, who can be against us? God says, my name is I am. <laughs> that ought to give you some confidence. So, what if we've let other people's hurtful words? Let's go back to the what ifs, the terrible what ifs. What if we've let this comparison culture that we live in make us feel unworthy? I'm going to say these slow. I'm not going to explain them all because I'll, I'll be up here all day. But I just wrote some things. Maybe you, you'll identify with one or two or seven of these. <clears throat> we've made, let this comparison culture where everybody's comparing each other made us feel unworthy? What if our desire to fit in strangles our call to stand out? That's, that's a common one, isn't it? We all want to fit in. But God didn't call you to fit in. What if you never reach for your dreams because you told people about them and they said, that's silly or that won't work or there's no way. You don't have what it takes to do that. And so we just grow comfortable in our mediocrity. Don't you just feel like you... Maybe somebody in here feels like, I could do more. I know my life is more, that God has more for me. Maybe it's just me feeling that way. What if... You've begun to feel like you have no control over your life. Man, 
You watch the news and your boss is, he's setting your schedule these days. You don't have any control. You just do what he says. Because why? Because your bills are screaming at you. You may have issues in your body and it's just like, I don't have any control. I'm just, uh, I'm just surviving. What if? What if you, you've had your heart broke a few times and you're not willing to love anymore? You just said, I'm, I'm through. You done got gun shy, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let me tell you that don't, don't let Angie hear this. But before I, I met Angie, I, had, I was in love with a couple of other women at one point and, and had my heart broke. Anybody ever had your heart just completely smashed and stepped on and run over by a truck? What if I'd have said, that's it. I'm not, never loving again. I'm never putting my trust in anybody again. Then where would I have spent the last 32 wonderful years of my life? You are the love of my life. I had, to, I had to find you, baby. You have made my life complete. What if I just never looked for love again? Maybe you're in that boat right now. You're saying, I'm not trying that again. God has the right person. Maybe you're looking for love in all the wrong places. What if you have a... Pornography addiction that's robbing you of beautiful relations with your spouse. It's turned into something that shouldn't be, and the thoughts in your head are not not love at all, but lust. What if you've decided that turning to drugs and alcohol to heal your pain is easier than turning to God? These are things that we see all around us. Here's one. What if you're swiping away your real life for a virtual one and your next dopamine rush? You say, what's dopamine? It's dope, I mean. (laughs) Dopamine is a chemical reaction that releases in your body when your eyes are stimulated or you see something or, you know, and I'm just going to be honest, that's probably the most common addiction more than drugs and alcohol in America right now is dopamine. You're talking about a wet blanket over your life when you're spending six to seven hours a day swiping. You are, you're, you're in the land of the living acting as the walking dead. I was driving down 51 Highway just a couple days ago. And the person, you know, two lane coming at me was merging over into my lane. I was like, I was trying to fix to get up. I was trying to go in the ditch. And then they, they corrected. And as they drove by, I saw them still looking at their phone. Made me mad. And I'm not kidding you. The very next person started easing that direction. They came by, they were looking at their phone. I was mad. I was on the verge of whipping this thing around and 
telling them what's up, but then I got a text and I had to check it out on the way home. That text saved me. No, I would have been in jail right now, but. What if you've sold your kingdom identity for the American dream? It's a counterfeit. Don't put all your eggs in this basket, please. There is an eternity to gain. There are treasures in heaven to save up. Don't put all your hope in retirement, please. But I, I'm not going to preach. I'm going to preach. You start, what if you started out, uh, you got saved and you started doing good things, but you grew weary and well-doing? Maybe you're there right now. You, you didn't know how to say no, and people took advantage of you, and it happens, and you grow weary and well-doing. But I want to ask you, what are you leaving on the table? So it's like, what if I wouldn't have kept going and found Angie? What if you've listened to the wrong voices in your life and grown accustomed to loneliness? Situations, people died, but you, found, you find yourself lonely all the time. And you begin to think that that's your life and you don't even try to make friends anymore because they're just a hassle. You're set in your ways. Just leave me alone. Is that God's best? You say nobody wants to be my friend, but you're not very friendly. What if you fill your mind with so much darkness that you find yourself hiding from God's light. You're ashamed, so you won't come to God anymore. Or even worse than that, you're not ashamed. And you've seared your conscience. That's ugly. That's ugly. Or you let unforgiveness turn you bitter in life. You're, you're mad at the world. You... You got involved in politics and you've jumped on the bandwagon of division and hatred and you're just consuming yourself. That's not God's best. We hold on so tightly to our hurts that we've stunted our ability to live. I'm telling you, God wants more for us. What if? Say what if. What if we changed these wrong mindsets? What if we left here today free? What if we made a grand exchange before we leave here today and say, God, no more my way, your way. I'm going to the mountaintop. Nobody is going to stop me. Paul told the Galatians, you started out so well. What happened? Right? I mean, I, since I'm talking to a room full of Christians, we all started out excited to be saved. But this life is a journey. And these things happen along the way, and the devil just keeps on talking. That's why we kind of keep our shield of faith, so we'll quench all those fiery darts of the wicked that he's throwing at our mind. 
We can't let these mindsets overtake us. We got to keep moving forward. See, the Galatians had started out in God's grace. Yay! But they went back to the flesh. Oh, it's about me. Oh, it's about me. It's about my works. And then they begin to get discouraged. Yeah, you'll get discouraged. Quick, you begin to look at you. Don't look at you. Look at Christ in you. I'm preaching real good. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Man. They begin to look at themselves and they turn back. Turning back. You'll never go forward turning back, duh. Right? God tried to pull Lot and his wife out of Sodom where their souls were vexed. I mean, they hated it there. Everywhere they looked, it was, it's ah. Sort of like if you go to Walmart. God tried to pull them out. Say, his angels took them by the wrist, had to yank them out. But Lot's wife looked back. What happened? Not good. Don't look back. This world ain't got nothing for you. When you went under in baptism, you came up resurrected. Don't go back under. When you came out of the tomb, don't go back. Go ahead and decide, I'm, I'm rolling the stone back in front of that tomb so I don't ever go back. I'm living resurrected. God tried to bring the Israelites out of slavery. But they got out there and it got hard some way along the, up the mountain. They said, let's go back to Egypt. They looked back. God couldn't get that crew in the promised land. I'm telling you, there is a promised land ahead of you. It was only 11 days away. They made, made a journey around the wilderness for 40 years because of doubt and unbelief. God wants to get you into the promised land. Either you don't believe that God can bring you into the promised land, or you just like it where you are. Or maybe you're here today and you don't, you don't realize the limitations you've put on yourself. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody who wants to change today. Wants a better life for themselves. Don't want to settle. I'm telling you, the world's doing everything it can to get us just to settle, to herd in, to be all the same. Socialism, communism, whatever. Y'all just shut up and settle down and we'll make the rules. Don't stand out. Don't do anything great. Don't speak out for God. Just shut up about all that. Those are terrible what-ifs if those things are happening to you. Any of those. And there's so many more I could have kept going, but I decided to stop. But I got a scripture I wanted to share with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Let's turn there. 2 Corinthians. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5. Probably one of my favorite Chapters in the entire Bible. I'll probably preach on this more than I preach on anything, especially at the jailhouse. 2 Corinthians 5, 13. You say, you're crazy, Pastor. 
It says, if it seems we are crazy, <laughs> it is to bring glory to God. What did you used to say, Tony? I may be a nut, but I'm screwed on to the right bolt. You see, that's the fear of man brings a snare. That's what's holding most of us down, worrying about what somebody's going to think. We won't be who we're called to be, worrying about what somebody else is going to think. What's, that, what's their opinion got to do with what you do in life? If it seems we're crazy, amen. There's a lot of things I could say there. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Because God likes a little crazy. And if we're in our right minds, that's what we're talking about, being in our right minds, it is for your benefit. If you'll get a hold of who God has made you, it'll be for the benefit of everybody around you. Say a new mindset. Either way, Christ's love controls us now. It's Christ's love controls us. We got a new motivation. We got a new worth. It's Christ's love in us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. See, we got a new purpose. We got new focus. We're living for Jesus now. That's where you find the best you. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. They saw him as a person walking around, but oh, after they saw him resurrected, I think they saw him differently. What do you think? How differently we know him now. We have a new understanding. He is who he says he is. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah, the creator of heaven and earth. He is that great I am. He is that burning bush, that fire that rages in me but does not consume me. We have a new understanding. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. It's a gift. And a gift is given by grace. See, we live in grace. We live according to grace. Not according to the flesh who brought us back to himself through Christ. Relationship, a new relationship. There's a lot of new stuff in here. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, and no longer counting people's sins against them. We have a new righteous standing with God. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We got a new purpose. We possess the words of life. 
not just for ourselves, but for the entire world. Are we selling ourselves too short if we have such an important purpose? Are we just going to stop off at Waffle House? He's given us a wonderful message of reconciliation. How beautiful are the feet of those who love him and spread this glorious gospel. So we are Christ ambassadors. You want a title? There it is. You are an ambassador for Christ, and God is making his appeal through us. We are God's hands and feet. We are the instrument that God uses to praise his name in this earth. For we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God. That's the grand exchange. Let me read that again. <laughs> he made him to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's a good exchange. I'm right with God. Some of it's condemnation. What if we let condemnation have its way in our life? And we get back in the flesh and we say, oh, I'm terrible. I keep sinning. I don't know how to stop. Well, we forgot that resurrection power on the inside of us. We blocked it away. We forgot that we've been made right with God and the sin debt has been paid. And we're focusing like the Galatians on the wrong thing. Focus on the grace of God. And go for the glory. Don't let me preach today. Let me read. I wrote notes here. The new things that we got out of just this passage of Scripture. Wow. A new mindset. A new motivation. New worth. New focus. New understanding. A new life. New righteous standing. New purpose. All things have become new so what do we need to do about these terrible what-ifs that may be in our life what needs to be fixed what needs to be reset say fixed say reset isn't that what you do if your television isn't picking up a channel you go move the antenna you got to do something when something ain't working don't you you got to fix something. You got to reset something. So, what do we need to do to fix and reset this situation in our life? I'm glad you asked. Let's get her fixed. Hebrews 3 1 says, Therefore, my holy brothers and sisters who share in this heavenly calling, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. They're broken. And not only that, you need to fix them like fixated. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Not on you. Not on your boss. Not on your situation. Not on your bills. Fix your thought on Jesus. Whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Isaiah 26, 3 says, when you, He will keep you in perfect peace. All who trust in Him. All whose thoughts are what? Fixed on Jesus. Doesn't a little perfect peace sound good? 
in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, I take a little peace. Well, keep your, keep your thoughts fixed on Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, fix your eyes. And there a scripture says, if your, whole, if your eyes are dark, your whole body is full of darkness. If what you're seeing is dark, all you see is dark, you're bringing darkness upon yourself. But Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one that laid the tracks up the mountain. He is the pioneer. And he'll get you to the top. He is the perfecter of your faith and what you believe. What you fix your heart on. That's how you get things fixed around here. Now, what, how, do we, what do we, how do we go about resetting some things? I'm glad you asked. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind. Reset your mind on things above. Not on things of this earth man we're not chickens pecking around in the dust we're eagles soaring on wings as eagles you understand this for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God your real life and when Christ is our life appears you will also appear with him in glory so you might as well get some practice down here you're going to spend eternity in the glory of God let the glory of God be reflected through your life. Isaiah 57 says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I will set my face. That's something you need to set. Set your face like flint, like stone. Make up your mind. Settle these things. Set your face like stone. Determined to do His will. I saw the Waffle House. I drove right on by. Because my purpose is more important than the wacky weed. My purpose is more important than any distraction. I'm determined to do His will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. Jeremiah 17, 7. Says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. You see, a lot of us have lost hope, and therefore, we lost our confidence. He hadn't moved, His calling for your life hasn't moved. You moved, move back. You need hope. Is an anchor for your soul in these raging seas in which we live. You need confidence. And you find those by being planted. We're like trees planted along the riverbank. God has planted you here in this church. It's like the front door is open, but the back door is busier than the front door. It's like we're growing, but we're not. Because people going out the back door. They're losing sight of who they are. 
They're losing focus, hope, and confidence, but not us. We are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that de reach deep in the water. Don't you have a root? Such trees are not bothered by the heat. Not even when it's 95 to 100 all week long. Isn't that not bothered by the heat? <laughs> not worried about long months of drought. Not worried about pandemics. Not worried about recession. Not worried about gas prices. You know what? Their leaves stay green in the midst of it all. And they never stop producing fruit. Just because the world says we're all going down, you ain't got to go with them. You're planted. Your roots go down deep in them nutrition. God, who is a continual supply? <laughs> you know what I'll say? If a thousand fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand, it shall not come nigh me. I'm not going to be one of them. And I have seen, I have seen the goodness of God in my life. I know in whom I have believed. I see his hand at work. Some people say, what are you doing, Pastor? How are you blessed in the midst of all this? We don't pay you that much. Some of you are saying, we pay him? <laughs> Some of you say, yeah, we pay him too much. No, I'm blessed. And I'm not making apologies for it. I am blessed. I've been making the same amount of money since I've been pastor. I get a salary every year. And, but my blessing just keeps rising. Some of you are saying, how does he do it? I don't. I just stay planted. I'm like a, a corn stalk. I don't know why it's happening, but fruit. Here's the corn just keep coming off me. I go in my closet in the morning, and shirts have grown in my closet. I have to give ask Tony, he wears all my old shirts. I bring them to Tony. I'm like, Tony's probably giving them away to one of y'all. I got 40 pair of tennis shoes. I don't know where they come from. And when I want something, if there's, you know, I've got a little desire, I'd like to have this and that. If I'd go out and try to make it happen, guess what? I'll pay full price for it. It'll, it'll be a struggle. It might, 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 you know, might not be a blessing to me. But if I just go to God, God, you know, I was really looking at one of them things, you know, that could you get me one? I need a new drill for this or that. Man, somebody bring me one. I'll go to a garage sale and get one brand new for $2, you know? I was sitting here yesterday. The brother here brought me a bag of, a set of brand new cornhole bags. He said, he said I found these in a, a storage unit or something. He was a house he was cleaning out. He said, I thought of you. I'm just planted. 
I tell people in the next step class, my only qualification to be a pastor is I, I outlasted everybody else. <laughs> Seriously. I haven't been to seminary school. I just believed in this church's vision more than anybody else. And I stayed through the hard times. When everybody else said, well, it'd be easier to go down to the church, just got the softball league. It, it'd be easier on the other side. But I, I felt that, I, that even though everything ain't perfect, this is my home. If God placed me here, I can't just get up and go. An oak tree doesn't just jump up and decide to go to a different place to be planted. I've been married for 28 years. I, I was in my job before this for 18 years. I've been in the same band for 30-something years. I believe in faithfulness. It works. There's always something new and shiny. The devil's always trying to hold a counterfeit out in front of you and saying, chase this, chase that. You know, come over here. Do this. Pick up and let's move when things get tough. But I believe in being planted. I believe in fixing your thoughts. Fixing your eyes. Setting your mind on Christ. Setting your face like flint. Dare to believe. Dare to believe. Dare to put your life in God's hands. And trust Him. I'm going to close on Hebrews 10.35. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Mary Ellen, do not. Throw away this confident trust that you have in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Don't throw away all the foundation of God that you have built in your life. Don't throw away the, the progress you've made up the mountain for a Waffle House. Remember the great reward it's bringing you and will bring you. Patient endurance is what you need now. Patient endurance. That's what we have to, to live by here on this earth. It's going to get better. It's going to be perfect in heaven. This is the hard part. But you have to be patient and you have to be willing to endure. That's what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all he has promised. For in just a little while, whoo, that brings me great comfort. For in just a little while, I wish I knew how long little while is, but I don't. But it sounds good. In just a little while, the coming one will come, and he will not delay. He's coming back. And my righteous ones will live by faith. Faith in him, not in our flesh. Faith in the goodness of God, the grace of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the blessings of God. And he says, I will take no pleasure in those who turn away. God is not pleased when we turn away from his grace and don't receive all he has for us. So let's get, to, let's get chugging again. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, 
So is he. You're thinking you can because you know he can. I think I can. I think I can. With my God, all things are possible. I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. I'm going to the top. I'm going to the top. I'm delivering all the fruit of this earth up to my Lord and Savior. Everything, every person he called me to get saved, I'm getting them saved. Every life he told me to turn around, I'm going to turn around. We can't turn inward. We can't think about ourselves. We got to think about the, the purpose in our life and keep reaching for the mountaintop. Somebody say, what if? What if we begin to see things different? What if we stirred ourselves up again in our most holy faith? What if? Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to thank you for the people baptized today. I want to thank you for the ones coming. Lord, I wish we could just leave this thing plugged up all the time. I wish we just leave that thing right there. And every week, I wish they would come and get in there and with the jeans on. I don't care. I wish there were, Lord, that there would be such a strong pull for repentance in this house. And people that want to get right with God, they come in here and they just want to jump in. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that more people want to join the church. They want to learn about the vision and what we believe and what we're doing and where we're going because there's a long way to go. All over the world. And I'm believing for it in my lifetime. And I'm believing when my, the coal runs out of my engine, one of you guys is going to pick up and, and keep the train moving. And I'm believing if we'll all believe like that, then our sons and daughters will follow right after us. Our grandchildren will follow right after us. And the church of God will never lack. And the church of God will never grow insignificant again. And we'll change this nation the right way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Man, we just need to stir ourselves up. It's all good. I want you to say that. I want you to think about where you're at and the, the, the terrible what-ifs that's going on in your life right now. And I want you to, I want you to say out loud, it's all good. Because my God is all good. It's all good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He loves you. God loves you. God wants the best for you. He don't move. We move. But let's move back. Let's move back. Let's draw close. Draw nigh. We fix. We reset. And then we draw nigh. We come back. Whatever it is in your life, if you feel trapped, if you feel, man, I, I don't feel like I have control of my life. I feel like darkness is overtaking me. I feel like my bills is overwhelming me. I feel like my health is, is dragging me down. I don't feel like, I, I feel like I'm getting old and I, and I don't have purpose anymore. And I don't have uh, anything to offer. And, or I don't think my dream is there anymore. I think it passed me by. And I think this and think that. Well, think again. Think again. 
Think again. God is trying to stir up something on the inside of you. God wants you to believe. Moses was 80 years old when he came to that burning bush. You don't think he was set in his ways? He tried to talk God out of his purpose. But God said, I will be with you. It's all you need to know. What if? What if you turned your what if around? What if all things were possible? If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. I'm telling you, you need to. You don't know much if you don't know Jesus. You don't know nothing but here and now. You don't, you, you're not seeing the big picture. You were created with purpose on purpose. You were created by God, and you were created to love him and to live for him and for him to love on you and for him to bless your life and for your life to matter. I don't know what you've been told, and I know the, the world's, you know, better at, at lying and, and and propaganda and, and putting together videos to tell you why, every reason why God's not real and that we came from monkeys and all the lies that they, they've concocted and that it's not a human being in the womb and all these things that they've used science, they've used the media, they've used everything to try to distract you. But right now you know your heart is crying out for more and you know there is a God. It's a fool that says in their heart there is no God. And you know there is. And I'm telling you, his name is Jesus. And if you'll confess him to be the Lord of your life, he'll forgive you of all that sin. He'll, he'll erase your past, and, and he'll give you a future and a hope. And he'll get you planted so that your life begins to produce fruit. He can turn it all around. He makes all things new. It's what he does. So give your heart to Jesus. You've taken back parts of your heart. Give, him, give, him back, give it back to him right now, wherever you stand in your life. If there's, if there's a rejection of the Holy Spirit in your life, you've you fallen into the trap of religion, and, you, and you're just concentrating on the flesh, you can't get nothing accomplished like that. We can't plant churches all over the world in the flesh. The call of God is too great for the flesh. The call of God says you've got to have my Holy Spirit inside of you. You've got to be filled. I'll baptize you with fire. If you've rejected the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life right now. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Oh, there's a grand exchange possible. Let's make it. I don't know what you're grand exchange needs to be right now but make it God is here saying let's do it let's do this thing what I've been waiting on my son my daughter let's do this thing let's hook up this train and let's get her done come on let's make this grand exchange all of me for all of you my goodness for your weakness and your sinfulness look at me don't look at yourself God would say Look at me in you and the limitless possibilities of us together. You're saying my job, I, I, 
God ain't concerned about your job. God has 50,000 other jobs he could get you right now. You say, but but, but my my back, my this, my my leg, my, my liver. God can fix that. Why don't we just believe? We walk by faith, not by sight. All things are possible to him who believes. Jesus, we give you all. If that's your heart, make that grand exchange and say it out loud. Jesus, I give you everything. I trust you with it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.